0: The Secret Key Podcast, Season 1, Episode 10. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm glad to see you again, to 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 know that there's more people uh, listening to this series of podcasts. And like last month, uh, we talked about disabilities. This month, I want to make it more special, more a little bit different, but to also, again, go back into the theme of educating people on certain subjects. And today um, I want to focus it on a very important person in my life that I have learned a lot uh, throughout these years, and that is my husband, Eves. And my husband, Eves, will tell you a little bit about his story. But to give you an overview, he he has diabetes. So, Eves, can you introduce yourself to the audience, please?
1: Hi, so my name is Yves, I I was born in Mexico City and I have lived in different countries uh, across many years and I was diagnosed with diabetes like four years and a half ago and it's been quite a journey. Some days are tough, some days are really easy and uh, but almost every day I learn something new.
0: So you have diabetes what type of
1: diabetes do you have
0: because I know that there's multiple types of diabetes so could you
1: yes I can explain you like at the beginning I was diagnosed with 1.5 or LADA which is uh, like they still don't know which one you have and it can change at some point to to 1 or to type 2 and late after 6 months I was diagnosed with type 1 and that means that my pancreas is really lazy and it doesn't produce any insulin so so i have to to give myself insulin shots uh, every time that i need it
0: and what about the type 2 so the difference is that they they have insulin or like what yes
1: the pancreas on type 2 it uh, it works the, but the thing is that the the rest of the blood doesn't absorb the insulin that they produce properly. Okay. So usually they they just take one pill mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning. Uh, later they can also get insulin shots or they can have a pump as well. But usually it's only it's only the pills and and with that is enough.
0: So the main difference is one will take a pill. Versus you have to inject yourself insulin every, every day or what? Like how is the dose on, on well, side? in Well, uh,
1: in every person is different. So in my case at the beginning, I only had two shots a day. Okay. One for uh, fast-acting insulin when I was having my biggest meal. And one with, a, they call it bolus, so it, it works 24 hours and it has like a low low slow release of insulin so like you take one shot and it stays around 24 hours in your body so like every time every 24 hours you 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 give yourself that shot
0: okay so you said you were diagnosed 4 years ago how how what were like so what are the symptoms or what did you experience uh, like, did you, did you knew you had diabetes or you were going to get diabetes? Like, how, how did this happen?
1: Honestly, I had no idea and I don't have any family member that has diabetes. So, okay. I wasn't familiar with the disease. So, six months before being diagnosed, I, I started losing weight and I didn't know the reason. So, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't mind at that point because like for me it was okay to lose some weight, but at some point I started to get worried about why I was losing weight.
0: Like we're like you were losing a lot of weight,
1: or yes, I lost like in total like ten kilos in uh, in six months, which and no diet, like you were no not diet, doing exercise, nothing or special. Nothing. Okay, so, so it was just. Losing. My body was losing weight and that's it. And I, I didn't see any any reason because uh, why it was happening.
0: Now, I've heard like people tend to eat a lot or like they tend to go
1: to the restroom
0: a lot. Like they need yes. to pee. So like, were you experiencing that?
1: Yes, like, like three weeks before being diagnosed, I started to be like really thirsty at night. Okay. And I would drink... Uh, 1 or 2 liters of water during the night. Wow, that's a lot. So yeah. like I was I was really thirsty. And of course I was peeing a lot and then even mm-hmm. sometimes I was on the public transportation mm-hmm. and I had to get off the public transportation and and pee in the street okay. like like it was so me desperate. Like if yes. you had to
0: drink so much water that Yeah,
1: you yeah, like- and sometimes I I didn't get to the to the restroom when I so, so that was like when I didn't get to the restroom, I I started looking for, for help, for medical help, okay. which I, I kind of regret it because like I should have gone earlier mm-hmm. and it would have been less dramatic what, what but, happened.
0: So you went to ask why was why were you going to the restroom so often or like? it was until you got diagnosed that, that you started asking those questions.
1: First time I asked one of uh, my friends, uh, I, I used to go to yoga uh, mm-hmm. practice and the brother of one of my classmates is uh, he, a doctor. So so I asked him like, hey, I'm going through this thing. What should I do? So he told me, let me talk to my brother and he gave me some some analysis that I had to do, some blood tests. And that weekend, I had a conference in Mexico City. And then I had a conference in, in Monterrey, in the north of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, when that's done, I'm going to go through, through all that. Uh, so I waited and I, I, I went to give the conference to, to Mexico City. And I was super thirsty, super tired. I was hungry all the time but I was also nauseous like I was feeling quite quite sick. Okay. And then I took the first flight in early morning to go to Monterrey where where I was living at that point. And when I landed in in Monterrey I was like no I I'm not going to go to to work today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll I'll stay at home and Tomorrow I'm giving another conference so like I'll I'll just relax and get better. I went to a doctor that day and they didn't tell me that I had diabetes. They were thinking that this was like something in the stomach or like one infection or something like that. So so they didn't realize that uh, that I should take. A...
0: So they didn't do like any blood test or anything. That
1: no, did. that day I didn't have anything, so I got pills for for my stomach problem, and he told me like if if nothing, if you don't go to the toilet more often, then you are okay. You're fine. Okay. So so in that. Case, my my stomach that was working properly afterwards so I thought like okay it's gonna be fine and then the next day I was still feeling sick and I went to school I was working I was teaching and then in the afternoon I was giving the conference so I I called the place that where I was giving the conference and I told them like hey I'm, I'm not gonna be able to be standing up mm-hmm. so just Put a chair or put a table or something. So you were
0: already feeling bad. Yes. Yet. yes, yes,
1: okay. yes, yes. Yes, those those two days that, that I was giving the conferences, yeah, I was feeling really sick and very weak. Okay. So, so they they were like, okay, it's like we we're gonna plan to to set it up in order so that you can come and give the conference and and. And I felt uh, like my brain was working properly and, and I, I felt secure to, to do that. So I went, I gave the conference, and uh, at some point I I didn't hear what people were saying. They were asking me questions. So there was a part of questions and answers. Mm-hmm. And I simply couldn't listen. And I was checking with the audio guy in that conference and... He was, like, making signs that everything was okay, so that he he didn't understand that I wasn't hearing. Okay. But some people uh, from that uh, university realized that I I wasn't okay. So I just told the the people that were asking questions to write me an email, because the next slide, it has my details, my email, and if they had any questions, they could write me there. So just when the conference ended, I, I went to backstage and suddenly like three doctors appeared and, and they told me like, hey, uh, we think that you need help and that you're not feeling well. Uh, they can check you. So, so I got support from them. And they checked me and they did a the blood test. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could only read that it was high. Okay. At that point, I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. So they took me to the medicine school, and then I I was in a in a small room, like a no, like a well, a room for first aid
0: mm-hmm.
1: care, like ER, kind of. No, smaller. Okay. Uh, so so it was like a small like an observation room. Yes, kinda something like that. Uh huh. So so I was lying there. They put me IV. So after that, they they called my my friend that was working there, and I was one hour on on observation there. They call my friend and they tell her, like, hey, how close are you to Eve's? And uh, are you able to, to help us with this situation? And she said, like, oh, he's like my brother. He's part of my family. So whatever that I have to do, I, I will do it. Okay. And they tell her over the phone that, well, your friend is about to to be into diabetic coma. So, like, you need to take him to to the hospital so that he can enter to ER and have a proper help because we don't have enough equipment here to, to solve this situation. At that point, I didn't even know that there was a diabetic coma. Like, for me, it was just a... A rumor. Yeah, or like rumor a or a joke or okay. something like, oh, you eat a cupcake, can you get diabetic coma? And I thought, like like ignorance at that point helped me so much because because I didn't feel scared I, I wasn't afraid at that point
0: so okay I have to stop you there and ask you a question so you're saying about the diabetic coma so how is that that like do you I'm, I know I'm you're not a doctor but you live diabetes day to day so what what can take you into a diabetic coma
1: uh, when you are really high on sugars, I think that from 300 milligrams per liter of, of sugar, you are on risk of entering into a coma.
0: So what's the normal value that a person should be between, right? Because you're saying that above 300, but so like 100 or how, how much is that?
1: Like the normal range for... For normal humans, it's between uh, 70 and 110 in in some countries. And in other countries, it's 70 and 120.
0: Okay, so there's not like a predetermined number that people should reach, but there's like maybe a range. Yeah,
1: there's like, this range, exactly. Okay,
0: that you should be
1: between those values yeah, so to like, say that
0: you are not going to... To have diabetes or that you don't have diabetes
1: right? Yes, those are like normal ranges from for any human being.
0: Okay, so then above 300 you can go into a coma. Yes. Now, uh, because people always when when we say diabetes the first thing that comes to mind and especially like in Mexico we say like oh because you eat a lot of sweets that's what caused you diabetes but it doesn't. It's not necessarily true, right? Because your type of diabetes, it's what some people call as like the one that you get in childhood, like you are yes. born with that. So how? What, what? can you say about that?
1: Like, well, is it it's, true? It's an autoimmune disease. So like, uh, there are some cells that destroy the cells that produce insulin. So, so,
0: so it's yeah. more genetic. It's not in this like yours. It's not caused because you. Ate a lot of sweets no. throughout your life.
1: No, no, no. In my case, it wasn't that. And I wasn't overweight. So, like, it's it's not that diabetes. So, we
0: can remove that stigma that people have of like, oh, because you ate a lot of sugar, you have diabetes or you can get diabetes, right?
1: For type 2, it's possible. Okay. But so for type 1, uh, it's not. Okay. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Now... So so we remove that from the equation, you get diagnosed, what next? Like, so you, you, you come out of the hospital, they tell you like, oh, you have diabetes, did the doctors teach you how to live with it? Or like, how did you learn about that, right? Because one thing is what they tell you you're diagnosed, but was there somebody there to guide you on, on the first step of your journey? Because I mean... To me, it sounds like you need somebody that lives with it to understand it, right?
1: Yes, you need help. And when I left the hospital, I I still well in the hospital. I was diagnosed with type two. Okay. So I didn't have insulin at that point. I was taking. Oh, you the were pills. taking the pill. Right? I was taking the pills for for like one week more or less. Until I found a specialist, because like in the hospital, I didn't have a specialist. I I had a general doctor that was dealing with it. Okay. So after a week, I go to a specialist and she tells me like, well, this is diabetes Lada and you're going to take shots. And I I spent like more than an hour with that doctor. Okay. Okay. And she was training me, and she was explaining me everything, and she was really patient. And she sh- she showed me how to give me uh, myself shots. And I was scared to blood before diabetes, and like I I used to faint. Okay. So like she also showed me how to measure my how to to do my blood test with the test strips and check uh, to check your, to your glucose. I check my glucose levels on on those. So I was trained for that, but I only had one hour and a few minutes.
0: So training. Now, the question I have because I'm curious, it's like so you get diagnosed with diabetes type two. How do you say that it took like six months for type 1 to be diagnosed, or like in your case, like
1: how yeah did... in my case, like I was type two for two for one week, then I was lada. Okay. And then after six months, they I had another test, uh, blood test, and then it showed that my pancreas wasn't producing insulin. Okay. So at that point, they I was finally one. diagnosed. Yes. Okay. So they have all the facts and all the info to to give a a right diagnosis.
0: So they had to wait a couple of months to see what what your body was reacting to to yes. make sure. Okay. Because it to me it's kind of weird of like oh you have like that mistake of like saying oh you're type two and then you're like oh no never mind you're type one because the the fact that you have to put shots of insulin and versus a pill it's very different.
1: Yeah that was a big mistake in the in the first hospital. Okay. Like it that was a misdiagnose and that sh- Probably should have been avoided, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen. But at least it was only one week more that I was like that.
0: Okay. So now you're diagnosed with type 1 and you have to take the shots and you're afraid of needles and like blood and this. So how was it to put your first shot of insulin in like where, was somebody there with you like was it a doctor
1: yeah 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 it was with the specialist and like she she helped me with the first shot because like that day I remember like she put me one okay and she explained it and then she she was holding my my uh, like I was holding the insulin pen and she was holding my hand over the insulin pen and everything no so like she was like it's not gonna hurt like it's gonna be fine but of course, I was scared, and and it's a tiny needle. Like it's uh, it's it doesn't really even thin-
0: go, yeah, too deep.
1: It's really thin, and
0: like the one of acupuncture is is uh, longer than the one that you. That...
1: Yeah, the one in acupuncture is longer, uh, but that one is thinner. Okay, and the one for that I use, like there are different thicknesses and and stuff. But the one I use is a bit. Uh, Thicker than 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 the Acupuncture one.
0: Okay, so now, what about like when they, so when they have to introduce you with the dietary restrictions, what like what was crossing through your mind when you were uh, being taught this? Because like you said that you had no experience at all from diabetes,
1: right? Like no, no, I I only had a friend that he. He was diagnosed when he was maybe 15 or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been friends for many years. So, like, he was the one that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that I still. I met him probably when he was already 30, so... So he
0: was already used to this. So
1: he was already used to that, and I remember eating noodles, and eating rice, and eating pizza. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, he was having a normal life, just that he was taking shots every now and then. Okay. He was taking shots more often than, than what they told me at the beginning. Okay. So... But he was having a completely normal life, and he was traveling, and he was living in different countries. So, so I thought, like, okay, that gives me hope, and it's it's okay to live with it. So,
0: so, but then when when they tell you your restrictions, what's crossing through your mind? Like, are you scared or worried, or like, are you mad because some of the food you cannot eat it anymore? Or what's what's going
1: yes, on? Yes, like. Uh, I, I'm i scared because like, well, at some point I, I only thought that sugar was the only issue. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that bread is a carbohydrate and then I cannot eat much of that. So now that that's the thing, right? Like the
0: people think that diabetes, it's just sugar. Yes. But we have to remove that stigma. It's not just sugar. It's actually carbohydrates. Thing. Yes. So no flour, no bread. Rice, no beans no beans uh what about fruit can you eat like all
1: some time? fruits affect me a lot and some fruits uh i just count the the grams and the amount of carbohydrates that they have mm-hmm. and and i count my portions but i had to learn all that
0: now you said it affects you does that mean that certain fruits may affect you but it won't affect another person with diabetes or will it affect the same like what what fruit can you not eat for
1: example i cannot eat mango okay and i can eat corn tortillas and i know other mexicans that cannot eat corn tortillas because corn but yeah probably they can eat mango and like it doesn't go that bad
0: so there is not like a specific set that people can say, "Oh, you cannot eat this, this uh food or this type of food," and just remove
1: it. You have no. to experiment with
0: yourself,
1: basically. Yes, that's what it happened. That's what happened. It's like my nutritionist. She told me, "Like, okay, we are going to remove a lot of ingredients and a lot of stuff, and we're gonna start testing how they react on your body." Okay. So, my my first month, my diet was super sad.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Why was it so sad?
1: Because I had very few ingredients. Okay. And, and of course, sugar was removed, chocolate was removed, and, like, many, many things... That you used to eat. That I used to eat, and I started reading the ingredients, and I found sugars in every single ingredient. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard to go to the supermarket and see...
0: So you started now learning how to do supermarket and reading labels, right? Yes. Because now you have to count carbohydrates. And so what's the portion of carbohydrate that you can eat during every meal?
1: Like every meal, I have three portions of carbohydrates and I always have to combine it with green vegetables.
0: Okay. So there's got to be always a vegetable with your meal. It's not like, oh, you can just eat. And it
1: has to be a green vegetable like the color color is very important important. because like it's not just like oh you can have carrots no
0: (laughs) (laughs) because also carrots have carbohydrates in some form of way right so you have to measure well take those into account when you're eating as well right exactly okay so like what was the hardest food you had to remove like were you a lot into sweets or or not?
1: Nah, were- I used to love Nutella, I used to love ice cream. Well, I still love ice cream. <laughs> I, still, I still love ice cream. I, I so um I was happy that I could have berries because like I love strawberries and okay. raspberries and so all those, those berries. Ones and those are okay. Those are the friendliest fruit that you can have. Mm-hmm. And it's usually that for everyone. Like, okay. like we are okay with blueberries and all, all the kind of berries are friendlier. Okay. Towards, towards diabetics.
0: But like at the ice cream and the Nutella. But
1: ice cream was really hard or Nutella or...
0: Have I you ever... ever found, like, a substitute for those things that you can say, like, oh, it's equal or it kind of tastes the same? Like, you know, like, those people that are in, like, the keto diet, that it's a low-carb diet, and they try to substitute some stuff, um, like the rice, right? They do cauliflower rice. Have yes. you ever found, like, a substitute for, like, the sweet part that you that you cared before?
1: Yes, I, I have tried different recipes, and I... I, I try to experiment a lot, like I really enjoy cooking, so, so I, I gave it a shot and I experimented. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. So I kept trying and trying new, new recipes. And, but also the fact is that uh, your taste changes. Because like, you stop having so many sugars and then you try new things and they, they, they taste different. For example, Nutella. I, the first time I tried it, it was after six months of being diagnosed and it didn't taste the same. uh, The same. I didn't have the same experience. Actually, it felt gross. It felt uh, like I was only eating fat. Okay. So it didn't taste uh, nice. And with the new recipes, it... It really tastes different, but. In a good way or in a bad way? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. Sometimes. Because, for example, I tried to make my own Nutella and the texture was not the same. (laughs) Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, the texture was really bad. And.
0: What about the flavor? Was it at least good or not? The
1: flavor, I liked it. Uh huh. But of course, the chocolate was like. Extremely dark chocolate, 100% cocoa, so it's uh, it's different. Okay, so you had a learning
0: curve here for food.
1: Yes, and I'm still learning today. It's a never-ending journey on that side. Mm, I don't think so, because like you always try, some, try new things, and then you find videos on YouTube, or you go through Pinterest, and you find new stuff, and you just want to try it, and... Every time you change from country, like, ingredients are different and supermarkets are different. So so you have to adapt to, to what you find at that point. And That's the hard part. Yeah, because you have cravings and you, you have to satisfy them in a way.
0: I bet it's very difficult going out to a restaurant and, like, going to other countries and, like, eating outside because some countries have the notion of diabetes but some others do not or even there's out there people that are not educated in this in this thing right that it's a very now common thing in 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 this area right
1: yeah it is and sometimes you go to the restaurant and like in uh, in the u.s i never had a problem there because like you say that you are diabetic and they they really worry and they even have the nutrition facts for at many restaurants and you can get that information so so they really help you a lot but in other countries it's like oh i i would ask like does the dressing have sugar and they would say i don't know and come on like i don't know doesn't work for me as an answer so so i cannot risk it
0: i remember like going out with you and like having those type of discussions with the waiter and like struggling to to get those facts but um I want to discuss that more in detail but I want to discuss it more in our next episode about it because I want to learn about how is like a day-to-day thing like living with diabetes like from from scratch right like from waking up in the morning all the way at night just a one day with that with diabetes like how is it so we're gonna stop here excellent and i'll ask all of you to stay tuned so that on thursday you're gonna find out the second part of this interview that uh, i'm having with my husband on his journey through diabetes so thanks again for listening and i hope to see you on thursday bye